Hey, hey, Tyler Gobble here. Um, thanks so much for listening to Dispatches from Elsewhere. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, this wonderful place um, where I get to uh, kind of cycle through ideas about mental health and art and hickishness um, and masculinity and other things uh, that I'm concerned about. Uh, while also, uh, it's a bonus if you guys uh, listen and get something out of it. And I love to hear back um, from you when you do. Um, yeah, and it, this really is just reinforced uh, the importance of reaching out and uh, in whatever way, be it through podcasts, be it through uh, leaving a voice message on a podcast, sending someone emails, giving someone a call sending a letter, um, you know, whatever we can do in this kind of weird time we're in um, to help others, um, which in turn helps ourselves. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to, before I start this episode, I'm going to play a 59-second clip from my friend Marie, who is a, a wonderful actor and personal trainer in California. Um, she's called and left a message on here before. Um, and this message has some good tips. It has um, a good bit of humor and just really uh, makes me happy to be doing this. Um, so thanks, Marie. Uh, yeah, and feel free to anyone else to leave a message anytime. Um, yep. Yeah. See you on the other side. Hi, is this thing on? Oh my gosh, you can record for up to one minute. That's so much pressure. I don't know if you'll get this. Um, I like this way of communicating because I think it's cool and it's probably fun to receive something like this. I would want to receive something like this. Um, I'm sitting out in the sun. I know it's bad for me to get a lot of sun, even though I'm brown. But people tell me I could get skin cancer. But I like to have some color and some vitamin D, so that's how I justify it. Um, Aria's laying with me. She's chewing on a bully stick. Have you ever heard of a bully stick? It's um, actually a bull's penis, I think, technically. It's gross, but she loves it. Um, I'm glad you're home. I uh, love you lots. Thinking of you. And uh, just finished your podcast, so looking forward to next week. Be well. Take care. Three seconds to spare. All right, I've been thinking about booze a lot lately. Um this last week I decided no more booze for the uh, foreseeable future with all that mental health stuff going on um, on top of just the general uh, need to save money and uh, not going out because of the COVID-19 thing. Um, I just decided, uh, yeah, for, for until I see it as reasonable uh, to resume, I'm uh, off the alcohol. Um, I Yeah, I go back and forth. Between the, I've been going back and forth between drinking and not drinking uh, this year anyways. Um, and yeah, just with all the new medication and just the uh, kind of the crummy beginning of the year, I decided that it's probably one of the steps I can take towards uh, ensuring a better and safer future. Um, but yeah, so I, I've been thinking about alcohol. I've been, um, shout out to um, all my friends uh, who struggle uh, with alcohol or other forms of addiction, uh, especially right now, um, as with mental health, there's this being inside, being isolated, 
um, not being able to see professionals face to face, uh, that all just creates a really uh, a petri dish for uh, bad behavior, for difficult behavior, um, for uncontrollable behavior. Um, so I really hope uh, if you hear this and you're one of those folks and you're struggling, uh, I feel you. I see you. Um, if you need anything, need connections with anything, let me know. If you just need someone to talk to, uh, I'll be that for you or I'll make sure you get that. Um, but yeah, because it's crazy right now. Uh, even just the last, I I drink pretty, I in the past have drank pretty regularly, uh, especially in the evenings when I'm just chilling. And that's what most evenings are these days, is just chilling. Um, and there's, I saw in the paper that at the end of March there was a 55% spike um, on alcohol sales um, Yeah, at the end of last month. Uh, and I'm sure that's only going up as this thing continues. Um, so, yeah, and so I've just been thinking about how uh, folks, I've heard, stories I've heard and people I know who've, who've dealt with addiction issues and how that kind of mirrors similar things to uh, mental illness and um, what I've experienced with that. Um, thinking about the way we use language, thinking about um, the steps we go towards towards getting better, and then kind of the lifelong journey we have to take um, with those things. Um, so I, I'm wondering how they might resemble each other, or how they might overlap, and um, what I in particular can learn from uh, the journey alcoholics take, um, yeah, and the approach they take. Uh, in my own journey with mental illness, with my own mental illness. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I noticed when I was at the hospital, I noticed that this thing where a lot of the language we, we were using um, w about mental health was language that seemed to be lifted from, um, from like, AA and other kind of things. So, I, um, and it also kind of seemed to revolve around responsibility and reality and how we shape our own reality and how we see it clearly with awareness um, and how we take responsibility. Um, and there was some overlap in the hospital with folks who both had mental illness and uh, addiction issues. Um, but, I, yeah, so I, there is a breeding ground for that. But just in general, that the language around that uh, is so um, vivid and important in taking the steps forward. The actual steps physically is, starts with naming it, and I think that's really helpful and interesting. Um, you know, saying you've hit rock bottom. Um, I hit rock bottom um, the other day before I went to the hospital. I had a situation, and again, I don't want to tell too much of her story, but with my wife, where... I was having a spell, and in the midst of, of, of physically uh, creating chaos in the space like I do when I have uh, psychotic episodes, I pushed her, and doing that it pains me to say, and I'm uh, so I'm st starting to choke up. Sorry, um, that pains me, uh, but that is the the facts of my rock bottom of that moment. Of, of my psychosis getting so bad that I hurt that I physically um, hurt someone I love, um, yeah. And then, 
Yeah, and so so when you hit that rock bottom, and then and you know there's all the things of well, you gotta help yourself before anyone can help you, and you get, the first step is admitting you have a problem, and that was that was the moment that week between when that happened and that horrible moment happened, and I went to the hospital. Um, that was that moment. That was those moments for me of uh, admitting myself like this isn't a problem I can. I can any longer um, talk my way out of or any longer um, just like try to live a happy life and bloom bloom it'll it'll be it'll bloom one it's um, they like it was the coming to face with the facts that um, I do have a problem I have a very I have a mental illness and it's hard to say that even now um, but it's important to say that um, and I think that's that kind of that self labeling. You know, when we were when I was at the hospital, we were all joking about the being in the the nut house and uh, being crazies. And you know, we were we were calling each other that. And we were calling ourselves that. Um, and I noticed when I'm having conversations with people now, like on the phone, and I I say a lot of things like nut house and nut jobs and uh, and yeah, and it. To me, it just feels if there's a power to it in saying it, uh, like with other words like that. Um, but but I know it makes some people uncomfortable, so I apologize for that. But I think in the same way where you know a lot of friends I know who are alcoholics or who have addiction issues will say it. Um, no, I can't go there. I'm an alcoholic. You know, fessing up to it and uh, putting a positive spin, empowering spin on the, on the self labeling. Has been really important. I've seen that. Um, yeah, but the the word I first noticed this at uh, when I was at the hospital was rehab or relapse. Sorry, was the word relapse, um, where they said you know when I was taught they were gonna let me out on a Friday, but he decided to keep me through the week until Monday just so to ensure that I wouldn't relapse was his words, and you know and and a lot of the other counselors talked about it too and i i think that's a really interesting thing as it's this thing just to always remind you you can go backwards i think i got cocky i got i got a great relationship with someone that seemed to understand me i've got um i was able to put myself in a what i saw as a safer um more productive environment all true things but i got cocky thinking that i couldn't go back to um, and that it wouldn't dip back, um, and that I could do it on my own, um, but it's not, it's not the truth, um, so, yeah, my, being mindful of that relapse, um, yeah, so I've just been, um, you know, thinking a lot in language with this diagnosis, um, you know, I've been rereading The Collected Schizophrenias, uh, it's a book of essays by Esme Wajun Wong, um, and, yeah, and in the the first chapter or first essays about her diagnosis with uh, schizoaffective disorder, um, which is what I have, um, and talk and she talks about diagnosis in some really interesting ways. But one of the things she reminds us is that it's it's a man made um, it's a man made piece of language uh, that's being made by or that is being dictated or directed by a uh, imperfect person, and so that's just a good reminder. Uh, that none of these things are set in stone, um, and that it really, 
that diagnosis is just a jumping off point. And at the beginning, early on on page five of this book, uh, she says this about diagnosis. Diagnoses? Diagnoses? I don't know. This is what she says. A diagnosis is comforting because it provides a framework, a community, a lineage, and if luck is afoot, a treatment or cure. A diagnosis says that I am crazy, but in a particular way. Uh, yeah, and so, and so that language, that that framework, that grounding, uh, that starting point is really helpful, especially in my situation because my symptoms, my outburst, uh, time loss, uh, the relationship troubles that come with both of those, um, really uh, disorient me f- from like an epicenter and. The way a diagnosis, this diagnosis seems to be working is all the questions I'm chasing, all the all the troubles I'm having, all the reflecting I'm doing, they have this center to revolve around. Um, and it's really helpful. Um, yeah, and so now as I'm moving forward, you know, I'm taking my symptoms uh, and the changes in my life that I need to make and my routine and the side effects. Um, that's the what it's like in there. That's... That's all makes up the what it's like here in my consciousness. Um, and and that's the specificity I want. Um, like with the diagnosis, like with all that great language um, that, that I'm trying to utilize um, to tell my story and to live my story. Uh, that specificity um, is just so key. Because it, it, it's, it's such a weird fucked up thing. Um, to be living, and this isn't a back, but I, I mean, whatever you're going through, this is, this is that, um, it's strange, whether it's something dealing with COVID-19, whether it's your own physical or mental health issues, whether, um, it's financial issues, whatever it is, um, alcoholism, addiction, um, that, that, it's so important to step forward for me, and it's like, you know, it gets cliched now, or it gets probably made fun of unfairly, but the, hi, my name's Tyler, I'm an alcoholic, that thing of um, a, um, that specificity, specificity that stepping forward saying, I am this, um, is so important. I, this week I was reading uh, Dean Young's chapbook, Elegy for the Last Male Northern White Rhino, um, and in a poem in there it says, how's it feel to be alive like a bee in a bubble bath? Uh, and that I've been th- I've been thinking about that as I've been picturing whatever this gelatinous thing is that is my myself whatever Tyler is, um, and uh, that kind of that sudsy um, should be fun but it's it's kind of a dangerous mess uh, feeling of being a bee overwhelmed in a bu- by a bubble bath um, yeah and so. <laughs> So, but the steps, the showing up and doing the work um, is the important part. I, that was something they really stressed in our groups that we had uh, at the hospital. Um, one even brought us the serenity prayer. And I know that's something, Dak Shepard talks about this on his podcast, Armchair Expert. He's very open about being in AA. And in the serenity, he, he talked about the serenity prayer one time um, as just, as being this kind of, good thing to say it's just 
It feels good coming out of the mouth. It has a good vibes. The religious facet of it isn't as important um, as as the meaning of the action that it's that it's wanting you to do. Um, so just so we all remember, it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Um, yeah, and I don't know why I keep thinking I like that. I um, I'm interested in change. I'm not afraid of change anymore um and i know that it's rested on me you know a lot of that language like i said a lot of that language is you do the work you find the support even support is one of your things is one of your responsibilities and so and this is my responsibility um so i'm working on that every day um but yeah so but if we know anything we know that this is just the very tip of the sparkler for our journey right when you you get a diagnosis and you're starting your journey whether you're a few days sober or several months sober or, you know, check, checking out of the hospital or whatever. Whatever moment I'm at, I'm, all, I'm in that cluster right now. I'm, I'm right there. Um, and I'm really thinking about this thing that Lori Santos, she's the gal, I think at Harvard, right, that um, has, like, done this Happiness Lab podcast and she's taught, like, a really wildly popular course at Harvard about happiness, um, and she was on Sam Harris's uh, Making Sense podcast, and she was talking about this way we can kind of trick ourselves into thinking about the present as if we were looking at it from the future, meaning it would be the past. So, so you know, like right now I'm thinking, this really sucks, This this struggle, you know, this... I wish I could, I wish I, you know, all of the changes I'm having to make in my life and not having Diana here and, um, you know, just the mental energy it takes to stay grounded and make sure I'm taking my meds on time and make sure I'm, you know, making all my appointments and that, that could be the way I'm thinking now. But if I'm thinking, when I look back, when you look back on something, you're usually thankful you did it if you did it the right way, right? So... I want to, I will look back on this time and be like, I was getting my shit together. I, I'm so glad I was on my meds, getting on a med routine. Um, you know, any relationships, uh, whether they uh, dispersed or got stronger, uh, that was an important process there. All that kind of stuff. That's the think. that's the way I'll think about it later. Um, so, but if I can think like that now, if I can stay humble and, um, present mindful enough to think thank gosh uh thank god i'm working on this um feeling gratitude for the people who are giving me support um for talking to um talking it through just the way that um i look at it now can just be so uh happier <laughs> for in in laura santos way if I kind of just make that little adjustment. Um, and so right now the big question I'm pondering is, how will my relationships work in this new mode? And so as I, you know, it's weird because I can't I can't put new, new Tyler to the test. I'm not really seeing anyone in situations that have in the past uh, triggered uh, spells or outbursts. I haven't. 
Um, so it's, in some ways I can't put that to the test, in some ways I can't um, notice the changes as being alone so much, uh, being so uh, introspective. But but that is something else so I need to be mindful of as things open back up and as uh, we start socializing again in our culture. Um, yeah, so who do I hang with? What activities do I do? Self-care activities versus more recreational activities. I, I realized, I think I said this on the last podcast, I was doing this uh, word search at the hospital and it was like uh, self-care words and it was like, listen to music, uh, cook a meal, clean, uh, meditate. And it was like all things that I already do. It's like I built my entire life around a self-care routine, which is great um, and very privileged and I feel great about that. But it was funny uh, seeing that. So just being mindful of that when um, I get back to socializing, not taking too much away from that those those things um, that help hold me up. Um, yeah, and just staying mindful and directed towards my goals. Uh, every day when we were when I was in the hospital, you had to you had to do you had this goals group, and you had to say like what's your daily goal, what's your long term goal. Or short-term goal, what's your long-term goal? Um, and long-term and short-term being uh, when you're out, what's something you'll do within the week of getting out, what's something you'll do um, way down the road. So uh, as for me, so I thought that would be useful for me. Um, and so my daily goal is to not drink tonight. So that I'll have a week uh, sober under my belt. My my short-term goal is to go 90 days without a spell. And my long-term goal is to get a job and um, hold it for a year. Uh, yeah, and so just, just saying those things. Again, like saying I'm an alcoholic or I have schizoaffective disorder or... Uh, just saying, you know, just saying, uh, I feel like a bee in a bubble bath. The importance of that, that saying and what that can, I don't believe that it'll like literally bring it to life, but I do, I am seeing now how it can bring alive, uh, the image of that in your consciousness and in your spirit. And that has been really important for me. So that's something there's, I, I set this, um, I I I, I kind of gave out this challenge last time to um to to reach out to someone each day that you haven't talked to in a while and check on them and see how they're doing. Um and my mom of all people, other people have done it, but my mom did it and it's been so sweet when I go, I go and have dinner with her every night and when I have dinner with her and she says um uh she yeah and she's like Oh, I talked to so and so today. They were asking about you for my thing. And that like makes me feel really nice. But I can also see what she's getting out of it. You know, she's already making plans with friends she hasn't talked to in twenty years for after, um, after we get out of quarantine, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's yeah, those are really good. So I'll I'll give another one. So uh, every day is part of your check in, and I want to do this too. It's I'm gonna. Make it a habit of saying, what's my daily goal? What's something I want to accomplish today? And what's my short-term goal? Something I want to accomplish in the, uh, in the next 
you know, short term, whatever that means to you. Uh, and then what's my long term goal? What's something down the road that I uh, want to have my eye on? Uh, yeah. And if you want to tell me about any of those, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, before we check out, I want to, uh, I just want to, uh, give a shout out for my more Rex, more Rex segment, uh, where I holler about something, uh, that's important to me that could be important to you. Um, I've been rewatching, uh, season one of two, uh, great shows on Netflix, Afterlife, and I'm not okay with this. Um, Afterlife's got a second season here in a few days on the 24th, um, but, but both of them capture this visceral quality of this like uh ball of frustration, confusion and depression hybrid that I've been kind of sifting through over the last month. Um and they've put it obviously in very different stories, you know, Afterlife is Ricky Gervais and hit and it's a story he wrote about um his character's wife dying of cancer and he's just like terribly depressed and he's going through all the big existential questions why even be good um and just see and just uh you know dancing the line of suicide and as hard as it is to watch some of that uh at this point it's really useful for me to see someone the in the season one gets uh gets a positive uptick and that story, but just to see my frustration and my the ugliest parts of me in this process mirrored on the screen uh, is a is a way for me to get it out uh, in a healthy way. So, and then I'm not okay with this. You know, it's the story of this uh, teenage gal who discovers she has uh, superpowers, and it's like a, it revolves around her anger. So when she gets angry, like. Um, like a bunch of trees, she screams and a bunch of trees fall down, stuff like that. Um, and so there was something too that often feels like when I have my outbursts, this is uncontrollable thing that overtakes me and then knocks down the world around me. And, and it, it being like repackaged as a superpower uh, as corny as it sounds, uh, was a nice relief, um, and a nice little escape from reality in that way. Um, yeah, so Afterlife, I'm not okay with this. Um, yeah, with, with the long time, with the extra long time and the, um, the COVID-19, uh, shutdown, I'm watching a little more TV than I usually do, so if anyone has any good Netflix suggestions, um, that aren't Tiger King. I would love to hear it. Uh, I should watch Tiger King, though. Um, yeah. Well, before I scoot out of here, um, before I say goodbye, I wanted to read a poem. Well, part, I've been thinking, so I've been editing this long poem, Future Barn. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's a poem about hick identity and mental health and the Midwest and my family. Um, and But there's this one part towards, uh, towards the beginning that's really kind of um, 
I was reminded of it as I was getting my notes ready for this. Um, this just this just a uh, thing of naming and trying to figure out what the heck something is, and what the heck something is going on. Um, yeah. So this is from Future Barn. I'm remembering how Grandpa collects obituaries of men in our area, the same name as him, Fred Tyner. A morbid notion I thought at first, but later realized what a way to keep going, to continue living, to hit something solid about one's position as a human being, being flushed out this moment and back into the next. It thuds like finding a fossil when you are out digging a well. This poem already reveals rather how I juggle. My high hopes for each and every with a brain that flicks on and off. A broken porch light, a bad chandelier. I'm stuck balancing the revelation shared in joy last week and the dislodged memory of a person I love sobbing on the couch. The Ashbury poem I reread as if for the first time and the person I feel myself becoming. The tingling hands and the blurred vision, the stack of poems and the voices. I'm forced to wrangle each morning. John Ashbury, he said, it's getting out of hand, and I must agree as my head throbs, hung over not from booze, but these spells punctuated with memory lost, tagging along these latest years, leaving at times only the present to contend with. Well, that, in my habit of breaking to reveal multiple realities nested inside each other, like in a poem, two sentences, the first about water and the preceding a frisbee, chopped and spliced back together to reveal into it I've transferred. I see no clear signpost. I spy no scorching spotlight. I offer no resident red revelations. I call it instead accrual, the personal and the poetic. I look not at the height of the snow, the public and the private. I'm watching the snow blow, the lost and the retrieved, as it drifts against the barn, as the barn releases itself, from the blocks of its foundation a millimeter. Grandmother in the picture window, a boy, he leaps and lands from the top of a dirt mound, safely on bones of rubber, a skull of milk. Hello, my name is Idiot Wisdom. Hello, my name is I Might Enter the Field. Hello, my name is Wild Error. Trevor Borden, he sings, Where are we going? When will we get there? And to that urgency I must add, Who the fuck am I? Stumbling into this sector of my life, it rings in my ears as time passes and memories molt, effects separate, shift, and settle. Alright, thank you so much for listening. Um, send, yeah, send me a message like Marie did um, through the Anchor app or through the Anchor page. And uh, keep taking care of yourselves.